Welcome to the Coping 19 Limited Series Podcast, a positive look at how entrepreneurs are coping with this COVID-19 pandemic, what they're learning from this situation, and how they're changing their business practices to accommodate this new world. And now here's your host, Jennifer Lee. Lockdown, quarantine, essential travel, borders closed, masks, pandemic, World Health Organization, two meters apart, social distancing, physical distancing, press conferences, news restrictions, news restrictions, COVID-19, coronavirus, quarantine, 14 days, shelter in place, shelter in place, isolation, news, 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 news. News is dominating our lives as we all try to figure out our new normal in this era of COVID-19. You wake up, you grab your phone right off the bat. There's social media spreading the news about COVID-19. You turn on the TV and there it is, is your daily press conference with your political official. It is everywhere and we're not escaping from it. This is the new normal where everyone is tuned into the news. I was a broadcaster for many years. I was a radio DJ. I also worked as a traffic helicopter reporter. And I remember when I would go to parties, people would be like, what do you do for a job? And I'd be like, oh, I work on the radio. And people were like, that is so cool. Except I'm gonna admit to you that I don't listen to the radio. And my news broadcaster friends who were on TV got the same response. They'd be like, oh, I don't watch cable TV. That is my parents' generation that does that. So it's so interesting to me now in 2020, with COVID-19 dominating the news, how news is there for us. We always hear that news will be our lifeline when something disastrous happens. We learn that in broadcasting school and it's the truth. When you need it, news will be there for you. And it's there right now. A lot of my friends are watching it on cable, which they never did before. They're telling me that they saw this broadcaster report on this story to do with COVID-19 on this news channel and they're watching it daily. And a lot of the news stations are on YouTube as well. I turn on YouTube and it's right there. So we are not escaping news. It is here to stay and it's there for us when we truly need it. And the most interesting thing is, I never thought that this particular industry would be able to adapt to the at-home model, and it is. The radio DJs are reporting from home. The television news personalities are reporting from home. Some of the anchors are reporting from the office because it's just one of them, but there are counterparts they talk to, the weather person, the entertainment person, the different correspondents, they're reporting from their houses. And I have to say, I kind of like it. I like sitting there and watching the newscaster on the US station, on the Canadian station, sit there in the comfort of their home, telling me what's going on in the world. I'm relating to them because I'm also sitting on my couch, stuck in my home, having my coffee, dealing with having business meetings and having to make sure that the plant behind me looks good and it doesn't look like I'm living in a disaster. So I still give that professional persona when I'm on a Zoom call. So it's interesting to see all the homes that these news professionals live in because a space really can tell people about your personality. And I love it, it's more relatable. So that is why I wanted to bring my next guest on. She is a longtime broadcasting friend. Her name is Mary Cranston and she is the host of Breakfast Television. And she is reporting on COVID-19 every morning to keep you informed because going back to my beginning point, 
News is always there for you because it keeps us together as a community. The news shows us what's going on in the community, how we're surviving as members of the community and helping out our neighbors to get through this, as well as giving us the vital information about COVID-19. How many cases are popping up? How many deaths are there? What are our next steps that we need to take to beat this? And that's why I'm talking to Mary Cranston. I want to know how is the day-to-day change at Breakfast Television? How are they reporting on the news? What types of things are they seeing out there in the public that they're reporting on? And how is it to broadcast on this very important but very tough topic sometimes to talk about? Believe me, I know the COVID coverage can be really overwhelming. It's all over the news. It's all over advertising now, commercials, Facebook, Instagram, it's constantly in your face. But I think it's never been more important to stay informed right now as government officials keep telling us this is the greatest public health crisis our country has ever dealt with. People haven't been able to say goodbye to their loved ones. Businesses have shut down. People have lost their jobs. I can't even go visit my parents because I'm scared I might be carrying it and then I'll give it to them. There's constant new developments every day. So it's really important that we're educated right now. We know what's going on. But you also need to have a balance, which I've learned too over the last few weeks. I go to the show, I come home, I prep for the next day. Then I turn my phone off for the afternoon, go for a walk, take a nap, watch an episode on Netflix, whatever. Then I'll tune in to City News at 6 p.m. so I know what's going on in the morning. And then I shut everything off permanently for the night. I need to take a lesson from you, Mary, because that's the problem. We're so consumed by the news where it's great to be informed, but we need to know when to not look at our phone and take a break from reading a lot of the comments about COVID-19 because a lot of them are negative and it's not healthy. Give us a little synopsis about what the show is like now during this COVID-19 period because a lot of businesses had to change because there were all these different restrictions put on to keep us all safe. Yeah, well, it's a it's a three hour show. It was from six to nine, but it recently got switched from seven to ten during this pandemic, uh, which is great because I get to sleep in for an extra hour. So I'm liking that. All my web and all my prep from home in my bed. Well, we do have a desk here, but now my boyfriend is teaching. He teaches grade five and he's teaching 20, 10 year olds over Zoom. So he kind of has the workspace. So I've kind of been shafted to the bedroom, but that's okay. We got to get another desk. I got to order another desk today. As I've said in the podcast before, I am obsessed with why people choose the career they choose. I just love it. I love biopics. So I want to know why did you want to become a journalist? Growing up, I actually did not see myself as a news anchor or reporter. I I actually always wanted to be a dancer. And I spent my entire childhood training for a professional career in dance. 
it was just something that I always wanted to do. And then when I got to my final year of high school, my best friend told me that she had enrolled in a program at Fanshawe College in London, Ontario. It was the broadcast journalism program. It sounded really interesting, so I got her to tell me a little bit more about it. So I remember going home and telling my parents about it, and they said, well, it's only a two-year program, so you could do that for two years, and then if you still you know, want to go dance on a cruise ship or go to New York or something after, like, you, you can too. You're only going to be 19 by the time you graduate. I decided to just go for it because I wanted that college experience and I'd always really enjoyed performing and writing. English was always my favorite subject in school. I did that program for two years and then when I graduated when I was 19, I still felt really young. So I decided to stay on for an extra year. I did um, a postgraduate program in television news. So that was learning, you know, how to shoot and edit and just tell stories more visually. Then I did an internship at CTV in Toronto. Loved every minute of it. I was totally hooked. I loved my program. I loved my professors, the people I got to meet and it just kind of felt right. From then on, I just started working and, and here I am. You may be in the news media, but I also know that you are still dancing. I'm, I'm still dancing. I've kind of found a way to teach dance on the side throughout the years. And right now I'm a part of a company in uh, Vancouver. It's called Luminesque Dance. And all of our shows just got canceled actually, which is kind of a bummer because of COVID-19. So hopefully we'll be able to do them by June, but who knows, right? Can't really predict the future. Like many businesses, many fitness businesses, where you're required to be in a room with 20 plus people in close proximity, they've all had to adapt. How is your dance studio doing business in the time of COVID-19? Because I know they're still up and running. The company has adapted to this critical time that we're all in. And within days, they had revamped their entire website overnight. They're now offering classes virtually. And it's just pretty cool how the community is still striving to come together. We still have a group chat going. We have a Zoom call every Tuesday night. It's like a company check-in. So we're hoping this ends sooner rather than later, but for now, everyone's staying positive. So that's nice. The theme coming up in this podcast already is working from home should not be feared. It actually creates more productivity and people aren't late for meetings. A lot of meetings that I've attended recently, more people show up to them and two, everyone's on time because they're commuting from their home. They don't have to get into a car. They don't have to be worried about being stuck in traffic. They just have to make sure that they're wearing pants. Well, I guess not even pants. They just have to make sure they're wearing a shirt. No judgment, as long as the screen doesn't see what's below the waist. But I think it's great to see everybody jumping on the bandwagon of Zoom meetings and virtual meetings in general. Our VJs are now working from home. Once this is all over in the future, if it's easier for them to file a story from home, I don't see why that would be a problem. If they wanted to do that, then why not? Or there has been times if they were doing a story out um, in the field and they were an hour or two away from the, uh, the newsroom and if they had drove back, maybe they wouldn't have made their deadline. So there has been instances of that. It's interesting to see how many companies have stepped up and given their employees the chance to still work from home. So it could be interesting to see if more people decide to work from home once this is all over, right? If it's easier for them and maybe they have a long commute and if they have all the technology within their home office, why do they need to go into the office? 
didn't, so yeah, it's it's different. Right now our meteorologist Russ, working from home, he lives in South Surrey, so he's doing his weather reports out of his garden. So it actually looks really good. I have to say his garden is amazing. I also want to swim in that pool. I can't wait for him to lift the pool cover off is what I'm waiting for in the newscast. And I think it's great. And it's not only on breakfast television. I love that all the weather people are reporting from their homes and they're usually reporting on their balcony or outside in their yard, depending on where they live. And I love it. I think it's great to see the newscaster outside when it's pouring rain. They are reporting on the weather and I think it's so current and so fresh and, and I love it. In broadcasting, the teachers always tell you when you're learning to be a broadcaster that there is gonna come a day where there is gonna be a crisis like an earthquake, economic downturn, tsunami, depending where you're living, and you, as a broadcaster, are gonna to have to report on it. But you never think it's going to happen, and then it becomes a reality. So I think we first started talking about it in November. We had maybe one COVID story a day in our newscast, and then in January, it was like maybe two or three. In February, it was almost taking up half of our show, and I think in March, it pretty much dominated our entire show. It's just been COVID, COVID, COVID all day, every day. You know, it's just wrapping your head around the fact that you're gonna be talking about this for a long time, so you better get used to it. And what's one story recently or somebody that you've talked to that has given you hope for what we're in right now and kind of gives you a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel? An interview with a Canadian guy who lives in China. He's a few hours away from Wuhan. That was the city that was at the center of the outbreak. And he lives in Hangzhou and they were under a pretty strict lockdown for about a month, much more strict than we have it here. They are starting to come out on the other side of this virus. Life is slowly starting to go back to normal. Malls are opening up, businesses are opening up. He says the other day he got stuck in traffic and he hasn't been stuck in traffic in months now and he was excited. So those are just things that, you know, we used to take for granted before. It kind of gave me a, a glimmer of hope that, you know, this is all just temporary. This will pass and we just have to stay home in the meantime. <laughs> Can I just say that I love the fact that he was excited to be stuck in traffic. I used to be a traffic helicopter reporter and I saw some brutal, brutal lineups here in Vancouver. And I also had to drive a long distance to commute to get the helicopter and I hate traffic. <laughs> but I do get his point because we take little things like that for granted. Like I would just love to be stuck in traffic. I can't believe I said that. But in all honesty, it's because then you'd be sitting there being like, oh, the world is back to the way we knew it was. So who knows? Maybe we won't be quite excited to be stuck in traffic when we get back over down the roads. You never know what small little things are gonna surprise us and make us smile. With this podcast, the whole reason I'm doing it, I wanna keep positivity going because I don't think there's enough of it. And I know you and the team at Breakfast Television are doing some really amazing things to keep the community together and keep everyone positive. So what are some things you are doing to support small business? And what are some things you and the team are doing to just keep everyone smiling every morning as we wander through this COVID-19 situation? 
We've recently started doing a small business shout out and viewers will email us a small business that they like or that they're a part of and give them a little shout out, talk about who they are and what they've been doing during this crisis, whether they're helping people out or how innovative they've had to become to just stay alive. And then there's also the 7 p.m. cheers for the healthcare workers. That's always nice to see and that's always really good video. The murals that were painted in Gastown of um, Dr. Bonnie Henry and Dr. Teresa Tam, you know, just trying to find feel-good stories, people coming together so it can make everyone feel okay and that we're going to get through this. Because you're reporting on a very tough subject daily, I know it's bothering me to watch COVID-19 all the time and I find that I'm just going down rabbit holes constantly on social media, on Twitter, on Facebook, Instagram, just looking at the comments that people are saying, a lot of them being negative and then I'm not feeling great after looking at it but for some reason I can't take my eyes off the screen, you kind of just get immersed into it. So you, Mary, as somebody that is having to report the news as their job daily, how do you kind of like take yourself out of the news for a bit and unwind and take a break from all that COVID-19 information because it affects me and I can imagine that it can be pretty negative sometimes. Yeah, about weeks ago, I was just completely obsessed with COVID. I would go into work, do the show, and then I would stay late. And then I would come home and just be on Twitter until I went to bed. Finally, my boyfriend was like, hey, you need to get off your phone. Like it got to the point where he was taking my phone away. I recently started a 21 day meditation challenge with my friend Yuli, who lives in New York, which has been really helping. Never meditated before, but I'm actually kind of enjoying it. And then I started a 30 day yoga challenge with my sister-in-law who's back in Ontario. So that's been helping just sort of take my mind off things. What are some challenges that you've had in your career that you've learned from and kind of relates to the situation that we're all in with COVID-19 at the moment? You moved to Prince George for your uh, broadcasting. Was it your first broadcasting job? Actually, I went to Fort St. John first for my radio career, and then I went to Prince George to be the midday host on the river. So I traveled quite a bit to uh, start my career as a radio DJ. You know that you had to move in order to, well, not everyone has to move, right, in order to get a job in broadcasting something in their hometown or their home city their entire life and get the experience that they want and that's great for me i did have to move and it was pretty scary my first big move was to new brunswick and then from new brunswick to vancouver and at the time like it was it was scary right because there was so much unknown and you know so much uncertainty about is this going to work out is this the right move for me you know are am i going to be able to maintain my relationships back home you know it ended up being like the best decisions that i've ever made both personally and professionally. And I think with what's going on right now in the world, there is a lot of uncertainty, right? We don't know how long this is going to last. That's the most popular question. How long is this going to last, right? And I think it's just important to remember that, you know, whatever does happen, how long this does end up lasting, like everything is going to work itself out eventually. So I think we just need to remind ourselves that. You bring up a great point, Mary. I think moving away for your job or moving away for whatever experience or passion you may have really helps you in life because you learn so much about yourself. I say move, do it if you get given the opportunity. After this COVID-19 situation, if you need to move to follow your dream, do it. You can always come back and you will be better for it. I've learned so much uh, about life, myself, and I had experienced 
experiences I would never have without moving. So there you go. Okay, enough serious talk. Let's get down to a little bit of fun. We're gonna play a game. All you need to do, Mary, is answer all these quarantine fun questions in a minute. Whoever at the end of the series has basically answered the most questions in a minute wins. So let's go. What are you low on in quarantine right now? Food. What book are you reading? The Stars Between the Sun and the Moon. It's um, about a North Korean woman who escaped North Korea. She now lives in Toronto. What's something you like about quarantine? I get to spend more time with my boyfriend. If you were at the grocery till and you can only have one item in your pile, what would it be? Toilet paper. Name one movie you shouldn't be watching when you're at home in quarantine. Contagion. After this is all over, what would be the title of your memoir? Life uh, in quarantine in tight spaces. We live in a very small apartment. <laughs> if you wrote a song during quarantine, what would the title be? Will it ever end? What is your favorite quarantine snack? Goldfish crackers. Hurry, Mary, let's squeeze in one more question. Who would be your dream person to be quarantined with? Can I say my boyfriend? I do miss my family, but I don't think I'd want to be in quarantine with them. I think that would not be fun after a few days. Yeah, it might be difficult to be with your family in quarantine as an adult, being stuck with your parents. <laughs> be the best thing because you probably won't see I die. But anyways, you got nine, Mary. Whoa, Kendall only got seven, but you got nine. So right now you're at the top of the leaderboard. Oh, I feel so game showy right now. But anyways, yeah, we'll see what happens next time. Thank you again so much for being my guest and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Coping 19 limited series podcast looking at how entrepreneurs are coping with COVID-19 and how they're changing their businesses to fit this new world.